You're listening to the Mini Market Podcast presented by Tellum Sports. Welcome back to the Mini Market Podcast. Dalton here with Connor and Lucas. Mm-hmm. What up, boys? Sunday recording, June the 20th. Lou, Connor, how are we doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Twins win. Always a good day. Doesn't come around often this year. A sweep. Yeah, feeling good. Nothing nothing less than a sweep there for us. Um, it is getting to be that time of the year that's kind of unique where we're just, it's all baseball. I mean, we're getting, we're winding down on the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're winding down on the NBA playoffs. And it's starting well, to be real. We were checked out on the NBA quite well, a while ago yeah. here. The all-star break for some of us. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is getting to that time where it's just basically baseball going on, which is, is good and, and can be bad. It's, I would say the slowest time of the year for sports. Right. So, but overall it's beautiful outside here in, in the Midwest. So can't complain. So like you said, Lou, I, I was checked out of the NBA playoffs. Like it, it's hard to get involved when your team's not in it. But it's surprising with the NHL even. Like the Wild were in it. I was watching games and then all of a sudden they're out of it and it's, I haven't watched a second yeah. of it. Like I, I I think I could tell you the four teams left, maybe. But it's one can of those things. Should we see? Lou, can you? Uh, I know. I'd like you both to write them down and let's see if we can get them. Okay. okay. Um... Sorry for the slight delay that this may cause in the podcast, but great opportunity to expose some people here. And then I want you to hold them up so you guys can't steal each other's answers. And I'll read them off. The fourth team, I'm 50-50 on. I'm going to post it in the chat at the same time Lou holds his yeah, up because I don't have paper on me. <laughs> oh, that's fine. You can chat it too, Lou, if you want. I'm running out of ink. Yeah, just Classic use the chat. Excuse. That's cool. Okay, ready, Lou? I can't think of the last one. <laughs> Once yeah, you're ready, Lou, we'll count it down. Three, two, one. Send it in the chat, and we'll read them. If you're wrong, you have to leave. You're yep. out of the call. You're out. Rest of the podcast is for true sports fans. This is just a competition for uh, <laughs> Dalton and Lucas. You ready, Lou? All right. I got three of them. All right. Three for four is not bad. Send them in three, two, ready. one. Yep, D got ah, them all. the lightning. The lightning course. sneak away. They are a tricky one. I mean, they haven't won the Stanley Cup in nice. uh, like seven months now, so I could understand where you would kind of forget about them. But no, Canadians, yeah, pretty, Knights, Islanders, Lightning, lightning. Final good. Four. Pretty good, fellas. Whoa. Pretty good. Nice work. Lou did spell Canadians with two N's. Can you yeah, spell I, Canada, I Lou? I misspelled Canadians. <laughs> 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 uh, nah, who cares? This would be a great this is the US the of second a, ever uh, spelling bee for the uh, <laughs> mini market podcast. But nah, just kidding. We're not going there. But yeah, really, pretty good job, fellas. Nice work. I, I honestly, it's just hard to get lo- like locked in this time of the year when your team's out. You know, it's sometimes for like diehard fans too. It's got to sting a little bit when the Wild actually had a chance this year to you know got to Game Seven against the team who. You know, obviously there's no like conferences this year, but won our division in the playoffs and 
and did it pretty handily too. So. If you're ready to get angry, you've come to the right place. It's time now for a mini rant presented by Tellum Sports. This is Ike. I just had to step in and interrupt this podcast. I missed recording tonight. Uh, Father, Father's Day celebrations. Happy Father's Day uh, to my dad and all the dads out there. Love y'all. Um, but geez, Louise, this has been preposterous. This is a sports po- podcast, and these three are claiming to not watch either the NBA playoffs or the NHL playoffs, which have both been electric. Electric. It's unbelievable. The NHL playoffs has been super sick. Colorado getting upset by Vegas was that was an awesome series. Uh, the Islanders beating the Bruins was epic. Uh, you got the Lightning just being a wagon. Montreal upsetting Toronto and looking like they might very well head to the Stanley Cup playoff finals is sick. I don't know what's going on right now. I, I if all of all the episodes I could have missed, this might have been the worst. I, I don't know what's going on with these guys, fellas. You're hearing me from, you know, from the grave right now, but this is insane. And the NBA playoffs have been super cool. The Suns, the Suns are an awesome team. Just an awesome team to watch. They've been so much fun this playoffs. The Jazz getting going up 2-0, then 3-1, then blowing the lead to the Clippers. The Clippers have been super interesting because they look like crap uh, to start the playoffs against the Mavericks and then they figured it out and now playoff P Paul George is actually being playoff P Paul George it's sweet uh, I don't know what's going on Trey Young has been just one of the most electric stories in sports this year him going into Madison Square Garden and just becoming a heel and becoming a guy and the Atlanta Hawks now heading to the Eastern Conference Finals to play who else but Giannis and the Bucks, who just beat the Nets? Guys, you're kidding me. How could you not be watching this stuff? Insanity. <sighs> but whatever. Back to your regularly scheduled programming. Are there any sports that you guys really follow even after your team is out in the playoffs? Like, I, I think for me, I'll watch the NFL, even if the Vikes aren't in it. Um... MLB, I'll, I'll watch that too off and on. That's a little harder because games are every night. So you have to really be committed to tune in every night. But are there like certain sports where you guys will tune into the playoffs even when your team's out of it? For me, uh, definitely baseball. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still interested all the way through the World Series. I might not catch every game or every pitch, but I'm, I'm interested to, to see how series are going and then tune into the games here and there. And the fo- football, I think the NFL, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the sport of football or the hype or something that they do specifically, but it just seems to be the most interesting professional sport. If you just talk to anybody, say, hey, what are your two favorites, you know, pro sports to watch? I feel like NFL sneaks into it pretty much every time. Like if you're a baseball guy, basketball guy, hockey guy, it's like that and, and football a lot of times, at least in the States here and certainly in the Midwest. So for me, it's definitely going to be the uh, for the football, NFL, and for NH or sorry, and for the MLB. Just being a baseball guy, those are two that I'll watch. But for me, the NHL, 
unless I'm betting on it, I don't, I'm not really watching too much deep into the playoffs. Or and same with the NBA, unless I'm betting, I'm not paying attention this late unless our teams are in it, which we don't usually have to worry about. I do think the NFL has a competitive advantage though, because they only have games on one day a week or maybe in the playoffs, they might have Saturday, Sunday games, but like MLB, if the twins had a game every Sunday and that was the only twins game, you bet your butt. I'd be tuned in every single pitch of those games, but it's when it's every single day of the week, there's MLB games. You can have it on in the background while you're doing stuff, but it's hard to be glued to the TV. Whereas with the NFL, it's like, all right, it's the weekend NFL is here. I'm tuned in. I'm locked in. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. That'd be kind of fun to try that for a year. Like MLB just plays series Friday, Saturday, Sundays. Like college type of thing? Yeah. I don't know. It would never happen, but it would just be interesting. Like the team makeups would be totally different. Like you'd need three really good pitchers and then maybe a fourth to start occasionally when a guy's hurt, but it would totally change the dynamics of a team. I feel like the best opportunity for that would have been during COVID. To be like, okay, we're just going to play within the division um kind of basically do hockey model but then like also allow it to be the whole season you know so we still start in may and we go to september we're only gonna do 60 games that would be wild because you would i feel like you would see i think you would see a lot of the really low-end teams like uh i'm thinking of like the mets from like last year two years ago like degrom pitching ever a third of your games you're going to have a pretty good chance to have a decent season, you know, right. like, or, or like teams like, you know, the nationals from a few years ago where they have, you know, that top end power bullpen. It'd be like, yeah, I can get on board with that. That team right. would be very good for us. Not as great. We don't really have like, I guess last year, Kenta was awesome, but in general, we don't have like those top end power guys that that would benefit a lot, but it certainly would be really in- interesting from a fan perspective. Right, because imagine you're playing, like you said, the Nationals from 2019. It's like, all right, we're playing them Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, that means we have Strasburg, Scherzer, and like Patrick Corbin or someone like that coming at you every time you play the Nationals. Yeah, no way. Not. And even even teams like like the uh, the Indians from the past few years, like when the Twins play them, you know, you cross your fingers like, all right, I hope we're not playing Bieber. I hope Kluber's not pitching and you mm-hmm. hope to avoid one or both of those guys. But if every time you play the Indians, they have Cy Young candidates coming at you, like all of a sudden they're one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Yeah. That would, Oh man, that would be, that would be a really fun experiment. Obviously it doesn't make a lot of practical sense, but there'd be a lot of people out of jobs if that was the case too, because all of a sudden the bullpen start to shrink down, you know, you don't need as many starters, all that sort of thing. So for the longevity of, professional baseball careers probably wouldn't help a lot but players would not be in fa- in favor of that i would assume right like see you later sixth inning reliever guy long yeah. reliever like that because that's part of the the strategy with rocco baldelli it's like okay do i use taylor rogers tonight because i've we've got a big series coming up and i want him to be fresh for two of those nights but when you have three games a week back to back to back you're like well we're, we can use him definitely two games and if one of them's quick you know a six out six pitch outing maybe you can squeeze him in all three and it just totally changes the dynamics, which it, I don't know. That's been one of my complaints about postseason baseball is it changed too much from regular season baseball in the past where they'd have too many travel days where then you're not testing the depth of a team, which is yeah. how the teams separate themselves in the regular season. And I think when you're playing a different sport in the playoffs than you were in the regular season, that's dumb. Agreed. Yeah. Cause it, at that point, it's like, what's the point? What's the point of the regular season? Like we just 
we're weeding off the lower end teams and then we're not allowing the teams that are that have depth to really to to thrive in that in that atmosphere which is honestly that's how you make the playoffs is by having depth and so then to take that away is is not it's it doesn't yeah you hit it on the head it doesn't reflect the game in its entirety oh yeah all right so we'll transition from baseball to baseball so we're going to do some transaction talk today we're going to be talking trades we're going to be talking protection in the expansion draft we're going to be talking all kinds of transactions so let's keep it with the twins so obviously despite their sweep this weekend of the rangers the twins are having a rough year the deadline's fast approaching so what do we think should the twins be sellers at the deadline if they are who do we think do we think they should trade everybody who's untouchable are there certain guys we think they should keep connor you want to start off you have any thoughts on who should be untouchable at the deadline if the Twins do sell, or if you think they should be sellers at all? I, I think it's, hmm, good. It's a tough question. I think it's time, I think it's time to sell, but I wouldn't say we're like a hundred percent committing into the sell. Um, I think there are pieces that we could move. Um, I think moving Nelson Cruz, the, the, that's kind of the first name that pops out to me is Nelly. If we can move him, that It'd be pretty I, – I would think we could get a decent little piece for him. The problem is I just don't know if there's that many suitors for him because when you're going through the MLB and you're thinking about DHs, boom, cut it in half. And now – and we've kind of talked about this in the past, I think, but DHs for good teams – I mean, a lot of good teams have solid DHs. So really – and not that you want to wish for this, but we would probably need an injury to one of the DHs from – you know, a team within six games of first place at, at the deadline there. Um, Cause I, off the top of my hand, maybe one of you guys have a good suggestion, but I can't think of a, a great fit for him. Um, so for, for that purpose, I don't know if there'd be a great landing spot for him. Um, but in terms of untouchables, I'd say Barrios. He's the first person that I thought of. Um, and I'm sure other people are thinking, I can't believe that's the first one you thought of because there's probably some other low-hanging fruit in there. Um, but the, just from a pitching standpoint, if you want to go deep, if you want to be a championship contender, pitching so crucial and to have a, a top arm in the, in the rotation is good. Um, people probably, if you read any of our articles about our preseason picks, I picked him to be a Cy Young candidate. Um, I'd say he's had a decent year, but not quite up to the Cy Young candidate standards. And on a crappy team, it's harder to do that. So, yeah, I, I'll kind of let it rotate around here. But I'd say Barrios is one of those people I would say is off limits. He's somebody who I think we continue to build around. I think your cruise take is a good point. Like when you're trading a guy, it's not only that you're tr you're trading him to a team because he's valuable and they can use him, but the team has to be willing to buy. So first of all, they need a hole at DH. So how many good AL teams don't have a DH? And second of all, if there's only one team that really needs them, well, then they're not bidding against anybody. Boom. So it's like, well, here's a, you know, flyer on some low A middling prospect, like take it or leave it because otherwise the twins are just stuck paying Nelson Cruz for the rest of the year. One, one team I think that could potentially slide in would be Tampa. So obviously they, they're a very low budget team. So the twins might have to eat some of that salary, but if the twins are willing to eat Nelson Cruz's salary, that might mean they get a little bit better of a prospect in return. And so if you look at the guys that Tampa rolls out at DH, a lot of times it's sort of a revolving door. Um, they were using Austin Meadows there today. He's more of an outfielder played outfield like two thirds of the time. And then DH 
you know, another third. But I, I think if they really want to say, you know, we've been close, but what could put us over the edge? Maybe it's Nelson Cruz. But at the same time, they just had Tyler Glasnow, their ace, go down with an injury. So is this the year where they really want to go all in? Hard to say. But then, yeah, like, you know, Boston has J.D. Martinez locked in at DH. New York's got Stanton and Judge. Anybody. Right. They've got a bunch of big slow bats there. One other team that I thought about, and maybe this is a terrible take, and I don't know if I would, I would I would love it from a stand or from excuse me from a fan standpoint, but Cleveland could he be a fit in Cleveland? I don't know who their everyday DH is, but I feel like it rotates a little bit for them. Um, and maybe their whole thing is they want to use their um, their DH to rest guys too, um, because I know couple days ago um they had ramirez their normal third baseman dhing um then the day before they had bradley dhing so i don't know if that's a rotating position for them or um or what but they feel like they could be a decent suitor yeah that is interesting then you wonder to a divi- you know you're trading guy to a divisional rival yeah, that's always the tough part but the thing is it's a one-year contract Mm-hmm. So we could right. literally get him back in right the back. season <laughs> in an ideal world, right? Like if, because I know we Isaiah's could... thing is he loves, he loves him. He loves Nelson. He, and I think he has the right temperament. I think he does things the right way for the Twins franchise. But right now he just seems like he's more valuable to us being traded than he is to us, you know, trying to make a playoff push 12 and a half games out of the race for the division. Um, and for the wild card for that matter. So, yeah, I think it's tough to trade in the division, but for a one-year contract, I mean, also that means the the return is not going to be as good. But we Here's how we do it. We spin zone it. Nelson, hey, we're going to send you over here to get you at least maybe back to the playoffs, get you a chance at a, at a ring. We know you missed out on it. So, but then we're going to bring you back. Just agree. Just sign the contract. Yep. I will come back next year. It's fine. It's all going to work out. The Indians I think that's how that might works, not be right? thrilled with that. But, um, but I, I do think it's something you talk to Nelson beforehand, right? You maybe don't say, hey, we're going to sign you after the season. But you just say, hey, would you be open to moving, to, like being traded to Cleveland? And if he is... You know, he wants to go play for a winner. Maybe he just, I mean, maybe he loves it here. Maybe he's like, Rocco lets me do my thing. And I can just, even though we're losing right now, like I still see the future for this team. I, I don't know. But to me, it seems like a good chance for him to spread his wings and go try to win a championship. Yeah, you've got to imagine. I mean, what up? You know, he's, he's led the league in home runs. He's done it all. He's made the playoffs. You got to think that last thing is like, all right, I, I've, I've mentored guys enough. I want that ring. And as a franchise, like as Minnesota, you kind of want to do the, do your players right. You know, like, okay, Certainly. you're like, what is it doing? Nelson Cruz mentoring Miguel Sano for another three months, like get him somewhere. Wait, it's wasting the last years of his career is what it's doing. <laughs> right. And then if you get that reputation, then ideally guys are more willing to sign with your team because it's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to sign here. I'm going to compete and they're going to take care of me if we don't. And that's what you hope for. But, I, I that, that's why I think Nelson's going to be dealt one way or another, even if the return is so low, like he, he, he's just wasting away here. Like you said, Lou, he's, he's wasting away. And 
he's having a good year, but he is 41. How many more good years is he going to have? But anyway, on to Lou. Lou, you have anyone that you think should be untouchable at the deadline, or do you think the Twins should, shouldn't be sellers? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was thinking about this for a while, and I was like, who is there even to keep? So the first name, actually, Connor, that did come to mind was Berrios for me as well. Um, I think he's just someone we need to keep and, and kind of try to build our staff around. Um, it's clearly not really working out that well this year, but uh, I think he's just too too good to let go at this point. Um, the only other guy really that I that came to mind would maybe be Kirilov in hopes that he can kind of turn it around and he's kind of our top prospect right now. Um, so it'd be tough to deal him and then just, I don't know, maybe get some more prospects and just wait. So, uh, and then lastly, uh, I'm adding a late, late addition here. Luis Arise. I just love that guy. So I would hate to see him go. We need to get Lou to meet Luis Arise. I feel like you, you just need to give him a hug. Like you're, <laughs> I do. that'd be huge. I'd love to meet that guy. But uh, yeah, I think uh, selling is is probably the way to go. The only thing is, I don't know who we would really get much for besides um, Cruz and or Buxton. Like just looking at the stats, no one's really lighting it up even close compared to those two guys. So I mean, Donaldson's a big name. We could, but I mean, he's got that big contract, so some no one's gonna want to take that on either. So, so Lou, for you, would you say those are the only two that are like untouchable? Yeah. Okay. I would say so. I I think I my list's a little longer. I just I I, I since I went first, I was gonna leave them off there. So don't D- Dalton, don't get offended that I maybe left some guys out there that for one you're pretty proud. <laughs> I was of. curious. Yeah, you had one guy. But in general, yeah, I have a list of about four guys. But I don't think my untouchable list is very long, to be honest. Um, so I do think the Twins should sell at the deadline. Um, I think. You know they've looked what they've looked decent recently, but it's one of those things you dig a hole too deep early on and you just can't get yourself out of it. Um, they're gonna have to play at like 115 win pace the rest of the year to reach a record that is around what normally makes the playoffs. And I mean, you look at the roster, yeah, they're a good team in theory, but they're not a 115 win team in theory, like that's just not sustainable over 90 games. So, anyway, uh, just a quick rundown of who's gonna be a free agent after this year. So after this year, Cruz is going to be a free agent. Simmons, we have Pineda and Hap. Colome has a an option. It's a team. Uh, it's a mutual option. So it's a team player mutual option. Robles and Shoemaker are both free agents. So I think Robles is a guy who coming into the season, I think we were all pretty skeptical of him. I know Lou and I were both pretty skeptical. Very much so. Um, and he's actually put together a decent year. And he's only being paid $2 million. So that could be a guy, you know, all contending teams need bullpen depth and he's been essentially a pseudo closer for the twins like he's closed out some games been a setup guy another so for two million bucks that's a guy that we could potentially get an okay prospect for i mean an eighth inning reliever you're not going to get some top 100 prospect in the game but he could be a guy there um, but overall as far as my untouchables go i think kenta maedo would be a guy on my list just because he's on a very team-friendly contract he only owed about three million dollars for the next two years so um three million a year for the next two years. So he's a guy we have some control over and, you know, coming off a season where he was second in the Cy Young voting, I don't think you can reasonably trade him and then try to make the argument to fans that you're trying to compete. Um, Barrios. Yeah. I, I think he's on there as well. Uh, Taylor Rogers. He's been, 
essentially having the best year of his career. If you look at his advanced stats, um, his, his FIP, his fielding independent pitching, lowest of his career. So he's been pretty lights out at the end of the bullpen. And then beyond that, I wouldn't like it if they traded Buxton, but at the same time, if the price is right, I think I would. So I, I can't put him on my untouchable list. Really? You'd trade away the most, allegedly, the most exciting player in baseball? I think allegedly I would. <laughs> See, I, I <clears throat> sorry to cut you off if you weren't done, but it's my time. No, just kidding. Um, I had Buxton on my list and I also had Larnick. And I don't know if Larnick's like a dumb one to have on the list, but I just think. Oh, that's a, a good point. I would put Kirloff and Larnick on mine. Like, yeah, I put Kirloff as well as my last one. So I had like five total where I had Rogers, Buxton, Berrios, um, Kirloff, and Larnick. And um, Maeda is probably a good one. The contract, uh, you kind of won me over there. So I'd definitely put that in there as well. But Larnick and Kirloff, I didn't know if they were like people we were going to discuss in this, sec- in this section, but I feel like they're obvious keepers. Um, they're young. They seem like they have good promise. So yeah, they would assuming them. that the twins maintain them through free agency, we'd have them through 2027 at very reasonable yeah. prices. So for starting caliber players, I think it's way too early to think about trading them unless yeah. someone was like, hey, here's our three best prospects, which isn't gonna happen. Exactly. But continue, Connor. What, oh no, that was pretty much it. I was just gonna give out the rest of my list. I did yeah, like I said, I did have Bucks on there. I just think we've seen the flashes uh, and it Remind me, does anybody off the top of their head have his contract? I want to say it's like two more years. Yep, I've got his contract. He is a free agent after 2022. So we have one more year of arbitration control and then he's gone. So next year is going to be a mass exodus after 2022. So Jose Brios, Taylor Rogers, Byron Buxton, Tyler Duffy. After next season, they will all oh, be created. So that's why it's like if if the Twins sell this year, then, well, next year, the half the team's leaving. So it seems like last year is their real chance to... Next year is their last year to compete with this core. So to be true sellers this year, then you're kicking the can way down the road because your whole core is gone after next year. So if you think next year is going to be a rebuild, well, too bad because half your core is gone. Do you think it's time to... Do you think this offseason they'll try to start offering contracts? Like to... Rogers or Duffy or even the bigger name Byron and and Barrios like is that something that happens this year or are we going to wait all the way until after the next after next season I would imagine they would for a couple of reasons um first of all just for security of the team you don't want to go into the season not knowing if four of your best six players are going to be on your roster next year because if you try to make that push early on, say before the season of, hey, here's what we think you're worth. Here's what we want to offer. We want to lock you up, keep you in the Twin Cities. If they say no, then you can look to deal them at the deadline if the team is not in a position to compete. Whereas if you think you still might have a chance to sign them post-deadline or something like that, that muddies the waters a little bit. But if you try to do it before the season, then you get a definitive yes, no. You can approach it midway through. It was like, okay, they said no we're not doing as well as we think, well, then let's trade them so we get something back. But if they say yes, then you're locked in. You don't have to stress about it. If you guys could trade one player or who do you guys think they should trade? Do you have any names on like a a list that you'd like to see go or you think they should try to 
make moves on. We talked about Cruz, so other than him. I mean, I'm looking through and like there's, like I said, besides Buxton, like the only other name that maybe is really coming to mind would be like Polanco. Like someone could use him as maybe like, if not a starter utility guy or something like he's, he'd be very serviceable in that role. Or, I mean, maybe Nick Gordon. I mean, I know he's just got onto the scene, what we were just talking about beforehand here. He's actually playing pretty well now that he's up in the bigs. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't think we'd get a ton for him because obviously he's proven he it's taken him forever to get here, but yeah, I don't, I'm just looking at this roster and besides Larnack and uh, Kirilov, there's like, there's, it's slim pickings, I think. So here's yeah, a question for, me, for you guys. Oh, oh go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say for me, I think, and maybe it's a pipe dream, but to be able to get rid of J-Hap would probably be a beneficial thing for the team, in my opinion. I mean, he's his salary is a decent clip at eight mil. So it seems like it'd be a good opportunity to cut ties with him. I, I can't believe we would bring him back next year. So, Yeah, that's fair. They might even just cut him. Um, yeah, I mean... He has not been productive for us. We probably wouldn't get much for him, so I don't know why any of the contending teams would want to bring him in. But seems like a seems like a good guy to get rid of at this point. So here's a question: Lou mentioned it earlier, or maybe it was Connor, but Josh Donaldson. So we have him signed for two more seasons after this season. He's making almost twenty-two million each of those two seasons, and then there's a club option for twenty twenty-four, which will likely be declined. Would you trade Josh Donaldson? to a team say you don't get much in return but they'll take on like a third of his salary where you're still going to be paying him then 14 million the next two years but now you've freed up seven million to do other other things with over the next two seasons is there a threshold where you guys would trade him say the prospect that comes back is essentially a nobody never reaches the majors but you're getting money off the books Oh, for me, I think it'd probably be in the double digit range. Like if we could get half of his salary, like, I mean, seven's a lot, right? But I do think if he's healthy, he can provide value. But to get rid of half of his salary would be great and take a no-name prospect. And then 10 million, I feel like gives you flexibility to actually sign a a, a large contributor, in my opinion. Because um, remind me of Simmons, you said he's a free agent after the season as well. Correct. So there's another 10 that should come off the books. So now we're looking at, can we sign maybe one of those higher end shortstops up the middle if we're going to make a push for next season? Ooh. Um, that's something that'd be intriguing for me. We have, if we get 20 million for next season, do we have an opportunity there? But um, maybe that's still not enough. Um, or maybe there's a big arm that we could go get. It's just, it, it always feels a little unlikely with the twins that they're going to go make the big free agent splash. Right. Signing. That's the thing. We could do all this and then they just not get anybody. <laughs> like, I guess for me, it'd just be a kick in the shorts if they reduce the pay, set the payroll next year and then, or like in the off season, a decent clip. And then we really don't go out and get anybody. It's like, are we, what's the point of hanging on to some of these guys? Let's just get rid of them if we're going to rebuild completely. Like if we're not going to go try and win at least. That's an interesting point about freeing up money for this upcoming off season. Because when you look at the twins, four of their top six players in terms of salary this year are going to be free agents after the season. So Cruz, Simmons, Pineda, and Hap, those are four of the top six salaries on the books. And Donaldson and Snow are the other two. 
So there's going to be a lot of money freed up after the season to maybe make some moves. So if you could get Donaldson off the books, then yeah, that brings into play like guys like Javi Baez or, you know, some other big name free agent, Trevor Story, which would be really cool. It would definitely not be the Twins way, but it would be exciting. I think that's enough Twins talk though. So let's transition to another team. Let's talk about the Wild. So the Wild have a very interesting offseason coming up with the expansion draft for Seattle. So they're going to be losing a couple players no matter what. But Connor, do you want to take it away? You want to, do you want to talk a little bit about just like the expansion draft options and sort of how that works? Yeah, honestly, I'd love to. Thank you, Dalton. Um, so basic, basically, the, the, I think the two real scenarios here are seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie, or four four or or I think the next one is eight players so essentially the question is are we going to protect Dumba or let him be unprotected because I believe in the contracts we have to protect Spurgeon, Suter, and Brodeen unless we allowed one of them to be unprotected from forwards I believe we have to protect Parise and Zuccarello. Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah. And I'm sure it seems like just a great, great way to just, oh. oh, feels like it would be a good fit to just go for a new team. Yeah. Right now. And, and I mean, you, as a franchise, we can cert, they can certainly ask him, Hey, do we want to, would you be open to going there? And if we can release you and maybe they know we, they're not going to take you. And so that gives us an opportunity. Okay. If we put you out there, we can still keep, that's essentially keeping five forwards and our four D because a couple of the names that are out there, Fiala, obviously we're keeping, um, I guess to back it up, exempt players include Kaprizov, Kalen Addison, and then Thank not that it God. really matters, but Hunter Jones, he's like the third goalie in the organization. So regardless, I think Cam Talbot will be out there to snag. I think they're going to hold on to Kakinen because he's younger. He's someone they see as a future number one. Um, but I, everything that I've heard about the expansion draft, I don't see them taking Talbot. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a wild forward or Dumba. So, so some of the things that I've seen um, from, from various writers are the list looks somewhat similar to Prise, Zuccarello, Fiala, Eric Sinek, Felino, Greenway, and then... Sturm, Hartman, those guys are kind of mixed in for that last spot. So I don't know if we want to just open it up. Does anybody have any opinions? I mean, it would have been way easier, honestly, this year if the Wild had just had some of these players play the way they thought they were. I think Eric Sinek would not have been protected had he played like he did the previous seasons. But with this last season, him kind of like coming out and showing he can play in the offensive end and the line that he was on, they were physical and they were really good. Um, Greenway kind of the same way. He had a better season than I think a lot of people anticipated. So that kind of makes the decision a little harder in, in the best possible way, obviously for the wild, like we have more, more power firepower up front than we thought we did coming into the year. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of the question for like four and four or seven and three. I think the wild really luck out with the rule where first and second year players are automatically protected. Cause yeah. if they had to protect Kaprizov, like that, that throws into a, you know, kind of a, a tailspin then of like, well, our best player, <laughs> you know, you have to protect 
your best player. Um, yeah. And it's scary because revisiting the Vegas expansion draft, like the Wild were big losers in that. Like Alex Tuck, one Huge. of Vegas's best players, like he'd be a heck of a guy to have on the Wild. Yeah. And then and, who else did they give up? Was it Hala? Yeah. Was Hala the other guy? I think we traded Tuck to prevent them from taking uh, Granlin. Like that was kind of well, like, that the, that's well. how they handled a lot of that stuff is you, they'd be like, let's offer a trade where we didn't really get much back, but then they would be able to, you know, protect in theory, Granlin without protecting them, if you will. And then they selected Howla, who honestly, he was a pretty solid player for them. He's certainly not like a top end NHLer, but, but he was a good player for them on their cup run. So I think in nice an ideal chips. scenario, then what they could they trade Dumba beforehand, trade him to either Seattle or to I don't know someone else to get to get a younger player back who's auto protected. Maybe do you think that would be the ideal scenario where they can sort of you know alleviate that headache by just trading him before the draft? Yeah, I mean, I uh, personally I think if they were able to package Dumba, and I don't know if they will because I think other teams are in a similar spot where they're. They probably have three defensemen they like. But he is an Dumba's an offensive defenseman with a really good shot. And he's pretty skilled with the puck. So he he's a someone that a lot of teams would want to have, they'd be interested in. If we could get a, a top one or two center, I mean ideally a one center, if we combo like some a pick or two, maybe three, um, Dumba and a and a we'd probably have to do a middle tier player and a prospect, or we might be losing Marco Rossi if this trade were to take place. And maybe this is just a pipe dream, but if we were able to put that something like that together to get a top line center, that'd be great. Because I think um, when we saw Addison in the playoffs, I think he's going to be a solid defenseman. He's not quite, he doesn't have the shot that Dumba has, which obviously is great from the point, especially on the power play and that sort of thing. But Addison is really skilled with the puck. He's a good skater, and he plays, a, I would say, maybe a little bit better in the D zone than, than Dumba, at least from the small sample size we saw. So I'm pretty excited about Addison to replace Dumba that way. Um, I don't think they're going to take Carson Soucy. That would be kind of weird. Um, so I think Dumba's the guy. If we can trade him, then it makes us a little more interesting on who they're going to take. Because, I mean – to take a step back and look at it from Seattle's perspective, it's got to be wild. Like your teams are going to be shuffling around, moving things. And so they need to structure, okay, where are we getting our goalie from? Right. That's got to be a huge piece. And I don't, I don't know these answers, but you know, where are we going to get our top line from? Where are we going to get our top D pairing? And I think they might see Dumba as a top D pairing guy. So he's probably somebody there. They'd be excited to get their hands on if possible. So trading him, getting a good piece, and then we just, we, you know, we don't protect, protect um, Sturm or Hartman. I think that's a fine move by us. Like, if they want to take one of those two, they'll be solid players, but they're not going to be high-level top-line guys. So, like, if – I'm just thinking worst-case scenario here. So, like, we don't protect Dumba. He gets taken or whatever, no trade. Did you guys also see this rumor that um, allegedly – the talks for Kaprizov's contract have gone cold and now he's back in Moscow with the KHL very interested in signing him and the Olympic team taking him for next season. So apparently it's just rumors right now, but that is a scary thought. I think 
Do you know where that's from? Do you have like? Do you know who? It was just some guy from? tweeted here. Like I got it up. Yeah, Kevin Weeks. But then I did, I did see another one from uh, from Michael Russo saying supposedly he's uh, he's back home for a buddy's wedding, um, and then there, his agent did give the team a heads up, so it wasn't just like he he dipped left town without telling anybody. But um, and supposedly when there's international players like this, there uh, the KHL option is obviously always kind of yeah. on the table, and it will be until they're officially signed. But they can throw a lot of money at them over there, apparently. So stop it. Just a little worrisome. Stop it. Yeah, I I don't <laughs> I, I don't see that happening. I'm I would I can understand because I think from the Wild perspective, like they would love to have him on like a six or seven year deal. But from the Kaprizov perspective, I think they want to be on like a three to five year deal, probably aiming on the lower end. So they he'll kind of get out of the deal in his prime and be able to get a pretty good clip after he's played three, four years in the league. Um, I just think he's going to be like a $10 million season kind of guy. Like that's probably where it's trending. So it's going to be tough for the wild, but I'm sure that the talks have cooled down. I just think that this is what's going to happen in the first round of negotiations. Like they're still early. They have a whole season to work it out, but I think it'd be great to get that lined up this off season. And honestly, as wild fans, we have no reason not to trust Garen. Like he's come in here and in what one season, two seasons, one and a half weird season, he's put out a pretty good product on the ice. He's brought in some guys that were really helpful, really impactful for the team. So I trust Billy to get it done, and I'm sure this is just more clickbait than anything. It is scary, though. Like, if he did go back to the KHL, that would suck. But here's one more thing I'm, I'm just it. reading right now. CSKA Moscow is the team that he, he's from the KHL, so they hold his KHL rights. So he can only sign with that team, but they just so happen to be the richest team in the league. <laughs> So they can throw, like I said, a lot of money at them. But ideally, if we can, you know, put together a contending team, Stanley Cup is probably a little bit more appealing. Got to imagine, right? So, Connor, I have one more question for you about the expansion draft, just because, like, obviously there are a million different ways that the Wild could protect guys. But I'm just curious. So there are five guys on the Wild that have no move clauses. And I'm curious... I'm going to run through them and I want to know how many you think they'd protect if they didn't have a no move clause. So there's Parise. Would they protect him if he had a no move clause? I think that one's no. (laughs) All right. Zuccarello. Yes. You think they'd protect him even if he didn't have a no move? Yeah. I think Kaprizov likes him a lot and they like playing together a lot. And I think they saw that he's productive when he's with Kaprizov. So I think they like that line. Okay. And then three defensemen, we have Suter, Spurgeon, and Brodeen all have no move clauses. Out of those three, how many would the Wild protect? At least two. Um, for sure, Brodeen, they just signed him to a long-term deal, I think, last year or longer term. And same with Spurgeon. They're not, they're not going to let either of those two guys walk. Can't let your captain walk. <laughs> yeah, that would be a tough look. And, and they obviously, they, they knew that. Like, well, giving him the captaincy is like he's a guy who's going to stay around regardless. So, um, Suter is a tougher one because the thing about Suter is he, so obviously him and Zach Prezier are always compared, 
But Suter hasn't – Zach Parise said multiple times he wants to go and play for a winner. Like, if we're not here to win in Minnesota, if he can't contribute, he wants out. Whereas Suter just seems like he's happy to be in Minnesota. He is content with the money he's bringing in. He's still putting out a pretty good product for what he does on the ice. You know, he's not going to score 20 goals or anything crazy like that but he's going to be really strong in the D zone. He's going to be tough to play against in the corners and that's kind of his game. So I, I think they would protect him as well. I think probably the only player would be Parise. And I think they probably have had a conversation with him asking him to move or sorry, waive that no move clause. Um, I imagine he said no, because he probably doesn't want to go to a startup team in, in the Kraken. That's just a really tough spot. And I imagine he's kind of like up yours. You just healthy scratch me for the playoffs. Yeah. I'm guessing things aren't super great. And I know there's been some release press release stuff where things have been a little not ideal for between the two parties. Like not that they're like feuding big time, but just that he was obviously disappointed not to play in the playoffs. And, and so there's probably a little bad taste in his mouth there. That makes me feel a little better then because like I hear, I think when I hear no move clauses, I think of like Zach Parise and these guys that we have to protect who more or less are bad players. But the fact that they would protect three or four of the five guys with no moves, even if they didn't have a no move clause, that makes me feel all right about the wild's chances going forward. Yeah. And, and Zuccarello maybe is just me with a recency bias because him and Caprice have played really well together and they've made it pretty clear. They enjoy playing together. So without that, I mean, if that hadn't happened this year, oh, no way would we have protected him. Like after his season last year was historically bad for what he was getting paid. And like, it was, it looks like a terrible sign to be blunt, but that's why you give them multiple year deals so they can recover and things are looking all right. All right. That does it. This week's mini market pod wrapped up. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at tell sports. And leave a review. Subscribe on the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, where you're listening right now. We'll see you next week. Peace. Go Wolves. Thanks for stopping by. I'll never get those 20 minutes back in my life.